From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. In 1998, a string quartet burst onto the New York music scene, bringing with it the riches of conservatory scholarship and study, also embracing the intensity of rock, the grooves of jazz and hip-hop, the eclecticism of world beat bands, and more. We're talking about Ethel, the group that now includes cellist Dorothy Lawson, violist Ralph Ferris, and violinists Corin Lee and Kip Jones. The group has fostered a dedication to collaboration and innovation, that has seen it sharing stages and recordings with artists like David Byrne, Kurt Elling, Jake Shimabukura, Thomas Dolby, and many more. The group also elevates the musical world around it through a passion for performing new work by exciting contemporary composers. Ethel has premiered nearly 200 new works in addition to its own compositions, and now decades after its beginnings, the group has taken its place as a trailblazing force in redefining contemporary concert music. In words from its mission statement, Ethel loves adventure. Ethel tells stories. Ethel builds community. Ethel connects souls. Ethel never stops reinventing itself. Ethel rocks. You'll see today just how this group has rung adjectives like indefatigable and eclectic, vital and brilliant and infectiously visceral from news sources no less venerable than the New Yorker and the New York Times. We're thrilled to have them in the studio today for an hour of great music and conversation. We'll get to the conversation in a moment. First, the music, a piece composed by cellist Dorothy Lawson, who along with Ralph Ferris is artistic director for the group. The piece with a title like A Wondrous Space is a great place to begin. Here is Ethel, live on Highway 89. Thank you. 
A Wondrous Space. We're listening to Ethel live in studio here on Highway 89, coming to you from Studio 6. We'll be speaking with each of the members of the group, and I should picture if you're listening on the radio that three quarters of the group is standing, except for the cellist, Dorothy Lawson. Dorothy, thank you for speaking with me. It's a pleasure, Steve. Thank you for having us. We're so lucky. I want to paint this picture because also besides the typical arrangement, both in video and the way you're standing today, the violins are on the center of the circle. Right. Instead of one side working around. Right, right. One of our earliest choices was uh, for the violinists to be equal. Simply play whatever parts made sense for the moment to write for each other. We discovered that a non-hierarchical visual would be to have them both in the middle. Can you tell me a little bit about the name? Ah, Ethel. Well, first we wanted something that we could attach to emotionally and feel very, very fond of, mm-hmm. very, really enjoy as, a, as another alter ego or a friend. The first Ethel that came into the room was actually from the movie Shakespeare in Love. Uh, there's a great moment in the in the show where Shakespeare's struggling with writer's block, and it's because he's got a commission that he just can't relate to. He's supposed to write a comedy called Romeo and Ethel the Pirate's Daughter. <laughs> and Ethel, you know, is is too funny and nostalgic and sweet and quirky, but that's exactly what we wanted. So it's pretty endearing yeah, to exactly. hear it that way. And exactly. it beats Edsel. For, uh, for, yes, for, true, <laughs> true. Yeah. So 20 years, Ethel has been an entity. How have you seen the music world change in that time, and how oh. has that influenced what you do? Well, we do, I think, often feel that we came at, at a moment when everything was transitioning, and it wasn't the, the world that uh, certainly Ralph and I had been trained in and uh, made you know, a, a good start in was disappearing. Uh, which was built around much more rigorously defined and uh, time-honored performance practices, repertoire, identities for our instruments. And we realized that uh, much more of the energy we were receiving was actually from a new world that was breaking through. And the audiences were evaporating on the one side and accumulating on the other. So we kind of regarded it as a moment of audience transition as much Mm. as anything. Give me, a, if you would, just a brief look back at the piece we just heard that you played for us, an interesting mixture of voices and string instruments. Right. Well, that's another thing that's been becoming more and more natural in everybody's environments. In our group, Kip Jones is the one who really kind of challenged us to make that more normal as part of our practice and our equipment. And we've had to really work at it and learn more about how that blends how that records how it how it appears on stage but it's so it's so perfect as as a color to bring into yeah. a concert people are immediately disarmed by the human voice yeah yeah and that you'd be that vulnerable and exactly exactly yeah there's a there, people guitarists and pianists have been accompanying themselves that way for quite a few hundreds of years exactly. but it is a brand new thing yeah. introduce us to this next piece we want to include lots of music so let's move right away to breakaway yeah. tell me about this well both the, the first one a wonder space and breakaway come from a brand new show that we've developed that was also one of our original challenges to each other was to be open to any kind of creative inspiration that uh, one any one of us would bring in. And this is actually a piece of theater. It's quasi-documentary, quasi-theater, quasi-concert, and all of us embody characters from circus. This is a, a collaboration with the Ringling Museum in Sarasota, Florida. We just did uh, the New York premieres at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, and we hope to be traveling with it all over the country in one year as of next October. Mm. So it's a, a show we call Circus Wandering City. The piece Breakaway represents the risk factor. There's a, a narrative that comes immediately before the piece of a woman who survived a 30-foot fall from the top of the tent when a trick that they were uh, performing in 1947 mm. failed. She's fabulous and, you know, speaking in her her 80s, you know, and spunky and bright and very, very together. But she's talking about that experience of the blinding moment of realizing she was on the ground. People were picking her up in a blanket. Wow. Yeah. We're about to hear that piece, Breakaway, by Ethel member Ralph Ferris. After Breakaway, we'll hear another piece called Seat 47C. We're excited to hear these songs. This is Ethel now on Highway 89. 
Thank you.
Live in Studio 6 today, we're hearing from Ethel. We've just heard Seat 47C by Corin Lee. Before that, The Breakaway by Ralph Ferris. Corin is one of the violinists. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you, Steve. First, there must be a story about the Seat 47C. Oh, yeah, totally. Just imagine, you know, walking into the big tent for the first time and what you feel and what you see and just the, that grand energy is uh, what kind of drives a the inspiration of the piece. Interesting rhythms. I was trying to count to seven or seven and a half or something at one point. And then beautiful melodic section about three-fourths through. Yeah, Ralph helped me with that one. (laughs) It was gorgeous. Well, let me ask a quick question. Because of the way you guys play, is it any harder on your instruments than conventional concert music? Sometimes there are some, there are some moments where you really have to slam the instrument. Uh Uh-huh. Kip does a, a great one in uh, one of our arrangements of the mission. He's just hitting the violin, and then Dorothy in one of her pieces, Chai, just literally puts a ring to her cello. <laughs> and, it, and when we, we play it, it gets everybody's attention. They're like, whoa, what was that? Yeah, well, I saw horsehair flying on that, uh, the first of a couple pieces there. Your group does a lot in terms of outreach, educational programs, things like that. And you, as individuals, also have your own projects, your own things that you do. Along those lines, what can you tell me about Liberated Performer? Oh, man, I hate selling myself. (laughs) Um, Well, I used to get really, really nervous. Uh-huh. Um, and I just wanted to make a program to help performers with it because it really affects a lot of people and we should own this stage. So is it like an app that you work with or, or, <laughs> or what? Um, it's one-on-one coaching mainly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you get an actual human being. Yeah. Who can actual human being, you know, like face to face. Is there one overall thing that you would probably share with anyone who is dealing with that sort of anxiety? Get to the source. Don't manage it. Interesting. To know what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people try to have a lot of managing techniques, but you got to get to the core of it. And do you find that that's similar or is it very different for different people that you coach? Very different. I mean, I'm not going to have like 20 minutes to talk about it, but it's very different for each person. So, yeah. How about for you? Uh, A lot of social anxiety, Mm. a lot of bad conditioning, a lot of classical music kind of culture telling me that everything has to be perfect and Mm. all that stuff. Well, we're glad you're helping others with what you've learned. In addition to your own composition, you also are committed to bring new works to the concert hall. I mean, your own composition is a new work, obviously. But other composers, you've performed, this group has premiered nearly 200 works by something like 100 composers. Why is that so important to Ethel? It's important because of the future. Mm. (laughs) I mean, it's like at one point Bach was the music of now, you know, and then Beethoven and everybody else, and look how much influence they've had. So... We have to pay that same respect to the living composers. Will you explain red nosology to us before we hear this? This is a great moment in this uh, show, Circus Wandering City, where Kip Jones has a solo, and then the rest of us try to mess with him in terms of <laughs> rhythm and pitch. And, is this, yeah. With circuses, is this something to do with like a clown nose? Uh, this one? Um, red nosology? Yes. Yes. Okay. We'll develop a story in our minds. Thank you. Let's uh, let's hear this. We've just spoken with violinist Corin Lee. We're about to hear a pair of pieces. First, Red Nosology by Kip Jones, and then Emmett and Lou by Ralph Ferris.
A pair of pieces we've heard from Ethel First Red Nosology by Kip Jones. It made me think that there's not that much different between virtuosic violin playing and guitar shredding at a certain moment. <laughs> there. True that. And then Ralph Ferris wrote Emmett and Lou, which we just heard. Ralph performed that on viola. Who are Emmett and Lou? Uh, two famous clowns, Emmett Kelly and Lou Jacobs. Ah. Two very celebrated and endearing heroes of the circus. And I hear that nostalgia in there. For sure. For sure. It's, um, the original inspiration for that piece came from clowns putting on their makeup. Mm. Just amazing images. You see just the humanity behind the new persona that comes as the makeup is applied. And I, I got really interested in the people uh, that, that become these incredible f- performers touching thousands every day. The makeup really becomes the new the new character. And so I was looking at sort of the humanity versus the the clown that, that comes. We've heard reference already in some numbers from this piece, Circus, Wandering City. Tell me how this began. Well, we have a touring program that is been five years on the road, seven years on the road, maybe something called Documerica, which is after the EPA project of the same name. It's a multimedia show. Uh, so we composed music and we commissioned four American composers to write music after this amazing slideshow, really just a, a affected slideshow multimedia. We toured this program. We brought it to the Ringling Museum at the Historic Oslo Theater in Sarasota. And they enjoyed this show. And they said, hey, we have a collection of photographs and, and archives we wonder if you might be interested in creating a show around that. And we said, uh, yes, please. And <laughs> bravo, uh, presto, not bravo, uh, hopefully bravo, uh, presto, Circus Wandering City was born. We're going to hear some more stuff in these next two pieces that anyone listening would say, this is not the string quartet I grew up hearing play <laughs> at weddings in the background. Right. So introduce me quickly to Chant, if you would. Jeff Peterson is an amazing slacky guitarist from Hawaii, mm-hmm. and he brought to us a chant that most every Hawaiian person knows. Growing up, they learn it. It's only two notes. We found this chant. We Together with Jeff, we built a piece. We built a loop around the chant, and we celebrate and carry on uh, this exploration of this chant and what we can do with it with this piece. Nice. I'm so excited to Thank hear you. this. I've been speaking with Ralph Ferris, violist and one of the artistic directors of Ethel. We'll hear Chant now and follow that up with a composition by Ethel member Kip Jones called J Red. This is live from Studio 6 on Highway 89. Thank you. 
Live in studio, this is Highway 89. Our performers today are Ethel, and we just heard Chant by Ethel and Jeff Peterson, followed by Jay Red by Kip Jones, a member of the group, one of the violinists. Congratulations on that piece. That's Thank so exciting. You. We like it. <laughs> so do we. The blues yeah. are an important part of everything. Well, it has been a long time, if ever, since I heard a violin playing a low accompanying part and a viola soloing above it. I don't know if that's ever happened in my life, but I was enjoying the moment. <laughs> and sort of some George Martin Beatlesque string arrangements at it, just a part. And I was going, okay, let's, let's, I hope this is longer than they told me it was going to be. Uh, well, with, with those two comments alone, you're welcome to join our group. Uh, okay, I'll you know. bring my uh, recorder. Tell me about Jay Red, the piece we just heard. What inspired that? Sure. Jay Red is named for Jared Impichacha Tate, who was the resident composer of the Chickasaw Nation. He wrote us a beautiful 
tone poem for our first multimedia touring piece, Documerica, and he entitled it Pisachi, which means reveal. Um, and in it, there are some, uh, there's a Hopi Buffalo song that serves as the architecture for quite a bit of the piece of music. And it, when it's finally kind of unveiled, it has these, I mean, unsurprisingly pentatonic relationships. And when we needed a piece right away for a concert with Khaki King and John King at Merkin Hall in New York in March of 2015, I believe it was, I needed to write a piece real fast. And so I grabbed the melody from, uh, from Pisachi and orchestrated it as a blues. Uh, these guys aren't looking at sheet music, for, for, uh, by the way. They're looking at a lead sheet. They're looking at one line of a melody with some chords over the top of it and then a sort of cadged together form on the next page. So composition is a strong word when it comes to our, our practice <laughs> of this piece. I mean, it's really, I give them a skeleton and then they hang the, the flesh and the, the you know, and nerves the on it. And before that chant, there's improvisation going, you're all seeing who's going to take what. It's very impressive. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's kind of you to, I'm glad you enjoy it. Our collaboration with Robert Mirabal that we're presenting tonight at BYU is one that heavily involves the relationships of the people on stage and the modulations of those relationships to create a ceremony that involves all of us here. We learned throughout the years of collaborating with Robert that if we can build the music in such a way that uncertainty is not only welcome, but, but required to fuel the sort of spiritual energy of the piece, then we're going to have a lot better of a concert than if we suddenly have rights and wrongs and you missed this and you didn't yeah. do it and you did or that we're really able to let each concert kind of be whatever it is. Maybe that's why you guys are okay with the whole circus thing, because you walk on a tightrope a little bit for some of your performances. I think we identify with those people, certainly. I mean, the classical mindset and, and technology and, and training is, is one that is very much analogous to what it takes to be able to you know spin 50 feet above the air without constant mortal fear. We could not help but notice that you have performed in some very intriguing venues. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them was described as two miles inside Cham Ong Thai Caves in Laos and the summer homes of Mongolian herders. Did we turn too many pages in a travel book, or is that uh, true? No, those are both true. Those are um, my travels, actually, both of them before I joined Ethel. Chomong Thai Cave is a, a, a beautiful, very long, enormous cave near Udomsai in Laos. You have to rent a, a motorbike and, and ride for quite some time to get there. And then if you find Mr. Buntom, he'll be able to tell you what time you'll leave the next morning to take you inside. And so my wife, Noelle, and I spent New Year's Day of 2012 in inside that cave and there are these very large stalactites that hang down you know they're resonant they're hollow they form you know they're they're chemicals that drip down and alkaline and so on and so forth and they form into these hollow uh, stalactites and if you hit the side of them they resonate like a marimba bar or a, a vibraphone tine and then hanging them next to each other they kind of get this so perform is a strong word play is is, is more true uh, but there was an audience of two on that particular occasion but we were miles inside the cave we had walked for hours at one point the most beautiful part of that walk is we entered a cavern uh, Vietnam and Laos have the, the most amazing caves in the world thanks to the limestone karst formation of that region a cavern the ceiling of which was easily 200 feet above us and the walls we couldn't even see the walls and the feeling of being miles inside the earth in this bubble of space is like nothing I've ever experienced before. That sounds like a piece you need to write. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I have the recordings. I've recorded the playing of the stalactites, so I have a little EP of uh, seven different sets of stalactites from inside that cave. I can send it along if you want to listen to it. <laughs> we have time for one more piece. Tell me about Soma. Soma is an important motivator for anyone who's at college. Soma is an uh, initialism that stands for time sitting on my atlas. And um, <laughs> we as students and as professionals can really get bogged down in the minutiae of our jobs and, and concentrate on answering emails the right way and so on and so forth and lose sight of what we really enjoy about our places in the world and our places in our communities. Uh, and so you'll hear a melody that goes... Um, You'll hear it many, many times over and over and over. And uh, the, the refrain that should be running through your head is, there is time sitting on my atlas, too much time sitting on my atlas. Um, and uh, that's what we're going to perform Thank you for, for you. making the geographical connection for Indeed, us. indeed, it's important. Uh, it's important. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> One more piece now from these great musicians of Ethel with us today. Dorothy Lawson, Ralph Ferris, Corin Lee, and Kip Jones. The piece is called Soma on Highway 89. 
We've been listening to Soma performance live in studio by Ethel. What a pleasure to have them with us today. Cellist Dorothy Lawson, violist Ralph Ferris, violinist Kip Jones, and Corin Lee. In this hour, we've discovered just why publications like the Washington Post are writing things like, quote, in the hands of Ethel, American music is alive and well. We're happy to have had them in the studio during a busy touring season. Find out more about Ethel, including recordings and concert dates, at www.ethelcentral.org. If you just caught part of the show, you'd like to hear the beginning, listen again, or share it with a friend who wouldn't, it's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also, follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates, special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our video team is led by Dale Green with help from Travis Cameron, Adam Johnson, and the show's producer is Sam Payne. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. 